change around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we drop, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to Pod Scooby. I'm Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham. <sighs> I... <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So yeah. about that undefeated season. Um, <laughs> whew, uh, took, I took hey, that man, one on the chin pretty early, didn't I? <laughs> well, you know, on paper, I mean, I I was pretty much right along with you. I mean, I didn't have them undefeated, but, uh, you know, I... I I could have seen it happening, you know, for sure. Like, we, we're coming into this season. We have a lot of confidence, as we should. 2019 Grey Cup runners-up, the best team in the regular season, all that good stuff. We bring back pretty much everyone. Uh, we add some pieces. And, uh, you know, first game going in, we were missing, like, six starters. So that's going to be a big thing, right? I mean, that's hard to replace those guys. And then seven starters in the next game. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was glad you went for the you know 14 and 0 uh, i love the confidence but uh you know things happen if you look at all the cfl writers and all that stuff all the predictions they're right along with us so you know you can't be too hard on yourself yeah i guess i don't feel i, I mean i don't think anyone else would say an undefeated season that, that was all on me and i will say i know firsthand uh some members of the Cats organization were were not too happy with me for predicting that um uh, I will a direct quote from an unnamed person said you effed us. It was it was a tongue in cheek. It was, don't get me wrong. It was it was meant in good fun. But I, I said, hey man, you got to be you got to be bold. That that's how that's how confident I am in this team. And uh, after two weeks, that confidence is wavering a little bit. Although I will say this now, obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, if you go back and listen to when I was kind of breaking down what I thought this team could do. I did earmark three games that I thought would be their toughest on the schedule, and two of them were the first two weeks. It was the game in Winnipeg. It was the game in Saskatchewan. Those are hard places to win. Starting on the road after 20 months off, maybe I was hedging on the side of positivity and on the side of optimism, thinking they can go in there. Like I didn't think they'd go in there and blow either of these teams out, but I clearly didn't think that they would go into those games and look as bad as they have. Like this team right yeah. now reminds me, and and I don't think this is something. I like. I still think they're going to write the ship. I still think if if I was to make a prognostication now, I'd still see this as a nine or ten win team this year. Um, I still think they'll finish first in the East. I still think they're going to get to and win the Grey Cup. Like I, that's not. I haven't vacillated from that at all. Obviously, the undefeated season. I have to come off that because it's impossible for them to to go undefeated now. But I, I just wonder if. Like, I mean, obviously we made these predictions going into the season. We knew, like, Addison would be hurt. We knew Posey wasn't going to play. But then it's like, Teddy Laurent was out and then in. Dylan Wynn got hurt in the first game, didn't play in the second. Um, Chris Van Zyl didn't play in the first game, played in the second game. I'm pretty sure either he got hurt or he came out, because I know Jesse Given was in at right tackle. The offensive line play, which we'll get into more in depth later, has not been up to snuff at all. And, and not just the new guys, but the vets as well. I just wonder if maybe we didn't... Or I didn't. I shouldn't say we, because I'll, I'll 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 take the heat for all this. I didn't factor in the injuries that could hurt this team. I thought they still had enough talent to go into these two places and get and get the win, but uh, they very much did not. And I don't know what like I like I said. I'm still optimistic they'll they'll get to and win the Grey Cup. Um, where do you are you still? Because you're no, you're more known to be negative than I am. So, are you still uh, you still all on board of a, a 2021 championship, or, or are you jumping off right now and saying Ottawa one and zero is going to win the whole thing? <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah, definitely Ottawa. But 
Listen, I'm still confident. I, I, like you, I still think this team can turn it around. I think there's still a ton of talent. I still think Coach O is a great coach, and Tommy and everybody involved in the coaching staff are, are great coaches and can look at what's going on and figure it out. Um, I think the bye week is coming at a great time. Um, you know, take a week off, figure out what's going on, and come back against Montreal and play a strong game. So I'm still on this team's bandwagon. Um, I still think we can win a championship with this squad. But uh, it is a little concerning the way that we've been performing in the first two weeks, that's for sure. So what has been the number one thing? We'll, we'll focus more on the game against the Riders that they lost, but we can kind of pepper in, because we did miss last week uh, due to a personal issue for myself. Um, anyone who didn't know, my, my grandmother passed away, so we decided, or I decided, and Mike was on board, that we wouldn't do a show last week. I wasn't really in the right frame of mind. And quite frankly, dude, I don't remember much of anything from the Winnipeg game, like the next day. Because I was just still in that fog. Like she passed on the Wednesday. Thursday right. was the game. I was kind of using the game as a way to kind of get myself, hopefully get myself straight. And, and even all of the first week of the of the season, I wasn't really into it. And then it wasn't until the Edmonton-Montreal game on Saturday, that was the game before the Ticats game, where I finally felt like I was, oh man, I'm so excited this is back. Like I was kind of in and out in the other games. Like the, these late starts on the Thursdays have been killing me. Like, yeah, I, no doubt. No it's doubt. like for you, for you, it's easy. Like, and, and it's great because mm-hmm. you live out, out west. But like, man, there's a ten o'clock start this Thursday. Like, I'd be lucky to see any of that game, let alone the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because I got to get to work on Friday. Now, you know, I am off Friday and Saturday, or I am I work Friday, but the Friday game I can watch when I come home. But although I'll probably end up being watch, watching AEW because uh, certain CM Punk's supposed to debut mm-hmm. on Rampage on Friday, so I'll probably be watching that. But you know, I have multiple screens, so I can watch it on multiple things. Um, but yeah, it's it's I, w- I was kind of out of it, so like we're not really going to talk about the Bombers game, but we can we can pepper in some comments about that because I yeah, think both games were pretty similar. Like they looked yes. just as bad in both. I don't know if like to say they looked better in one game or the other. I think would just be like putting lipstick on a pig. Quite honestly, they they've mm. looked bad in, in both games. What for you is the number one reason why this team has just struggled, especially offensively, to put up points? Offensively, I think it's a large portion of it is on the offensive line. I, I would mean, agree with you. Um, they have not been good enough. They haven't been. Mazzoli has been rushed uh, an incredible amount of time. Whenever they try to run the ball, there's no push. Um, I mean, Sean Thomas Erlington, I mean, they're not running it a ton either, but, um, you know, it's Sean Thomas Erlington had six carries for 20 yards last game. Um, I think the offensive line is, is the biggest problem right now. Um, obviously the injuries don't help either in the receiving corps and that's a big problem as well. But, uh, and banks might be dinged up too. He might not be getting open as much. And to be honest, Mazzoli hasn't been great as well, but I think a, you know, a big reason for that is that he just doesn't have time. These, they, these routes have to have time to develop and, um, he's just getting, he just, he, there's people in his face way too often. So the interior isn't doing very well, which I thought would be, you know, the strong point of this offensive line um, and the tackles. I mean, Chris Van Zell came back last game and he got beat badly on a couple of plays. The one where uh, Mazzoli got hit from the blind side. Yeah, fumbled the ball, fumbled the ball yep. to the riders. Um, I'm not sure if Tate's not doing great on that, uh, you know, on the left tackle spot or the right tackle spot. Whatever, whatever, no, he, he was left he, tackle week one, then they sat in yeah. week two and they played Okafor at left tackle. Right. Who so didn't look good at right tackle in week one. Yeah. So the whole offensive line is just is not doing their jobs right now. And that's the I think I think that's the biggest problem for the offense. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. And don't don't get me wrong. Like we're obviously fans of Mazzoli and and we back him. But we're not going to let him off the hook either. We're going to be talking about his poor play because he's reverted back into that turnover machine he was. And that's that's going to cause a problem as well. Um, But you're right. It's the offensive line play. Like neither quarterback and Dane Evans saw time in this game against the Riders. Neither quarterback had any has had any time to, to make reads and to make plays. Like they are getting harassed. And going into the season, I was pretty bullish on this line with, with even with the changes they made, but it, it's not the new guys in new spots that are like Brandon Revenberg has not looked good. He has he has allowed too much to come by him. You mentioned Van Zyl also hasn't looked good. Like no one on the offensive line has looked good. 
And I think it's it's a part of the team, It's and it's part of football that I think a lot of people don't really recognize because it's not no – one, no one watches line play. You know what I mean? Like you're watching a game, you're following the ball. It's like in any sport, you're, you know, you're in hockey, follow the puck, blah, 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 blah. But when you – when you see a quarterback getting hit or getting pressured that much, you kind of start to focus on it. And the more and more I focus on it, the less and less impressive I am with, with just a, an offensive line that, that should be better. Like you mentioned the rushing, like they, I think they have a hundred and something rushing yards in two games. And the lack of a rushing attack to me is, is concerning, but I mean, you, I don't equate, rushing with victories like some people might. I just like a more balanced I, I know I know you're gonna throw more than you're gonna run. Like I, I obviously know that CFL to throwing league. But to have some sort of threat on the ground or at least have the other team think that you could like Sean Thomas Arlington's getting hit it, it seems almost as soon as he touches the ball. Like as soon as he gets the handoff he's getting plowed into. So it's not even just the pass protection that's bad. The run blocking is bad too. The offensive line just has not been good enough. The defensive line has it? I mean, obviously, no one on the team's been good enough, but yeah, I think chief among the problems is the play of the offensive line. But the mm-hmm. quarterback play hasn't been good either, man. Like no. Mazzoli no. is, I think, second in interceptions. With I think he's got five picks already. I mean, Bo's got six, and now Bo's injured. So and Calgary's on two, and we'll talk about that surprising development, at least for me, a little bit later. But Mazzoli has not played very well outside of two drives. Uh, the two scoring drives the team's had, yep. he's looked downright awful. And I know mm-hmm. that, you know, with the, the Evans-Mazzoli thing was was the talk of the last forever since since the Grey Cup, essentially. But Evans got into this game and didn't look much. Like, I would say he either looked just as bad, if not worse. Like, But again, it, it came down to the play of the offensive line. But the play at the quarterback position has not been up to snuff either. No, Mazzoli has thrown some some bad passes for the Willie Jefferson pick year. was awful. <clears throat> that was terrible. That was terrible. And, and that was a drive that was that could have got them back. They were driving. I think they were down mm-hmm. at the time. I want to say it was thirteen to six. Maybe I can't. Remember. It was still a close. I mean, the game against the Bombers, they lost what nineteen nineteen six. So I, I know that that it wasn't a two score lead for Winnipeg. If this was a drive that could could have got them back, maybe it was sixteen six. Maybe it was a ten. I can't remember what it was. But this was a score that would have got them back into the game, and he just throws this. Just I don't know what he didn't see there interception, and that, that was essentially seven. the game. Yeah, to a six foot seven monster. Yeah. Like, how could you not see him? Like, and I don't think there was a ton of pressure on him, but but yeah, he threw a couple bad ones in the Saskatchewan game too. And to be honest, the first half of the Winnipeg game, his numbers were really good. Like they yeah. were fourteen of eighteen, and I remember I tweeted out at halftime. Mazzoli has to be better and not realizing the numbers just, you know, I don't know, but, um, but sometimes, but the, sometimes the numbers happened. lie though. Sometimes yeah. like he had, yeah. he had the one great drive to start the game where he went like six for six for like 84 yards and threw an absolute dime to Ackland for a touchdown. And it was like, I remember I texted you and I was like hundred to nothing, 14, like it looked okay. Cause it was the first drive of the game. It was like, okay, this is exactly what we expected. And then they did they zero like the rest of the game. Just like that, the you know? the game. They terrible. come out the first first drive of the season. They just tease us with that uh, great drive that you think, oh, this is this is the team. This yep. is our team right here. And then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's yeah. It's, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off with that. You were you were going to talk about the quarterback play too. But it's, yeah, it's just it's it's been uninspiring. I think is 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 the word that can be used to describe it. Yeah, and you got to wonder, like, was it the right decision to let Riker Matthews go? Um, and you know, not one person is going to fix this line right now, but it'd be nice to have someone out there like him. Uh, and maybe not because I trust this, um, you know, the scouts and the GMs and all that stuff. I trust these guys so much, but maybe it would have been a better decision to build on that offensive line a little bit instead of signing a guy like Posey to add to a receiving core. That's already really stacked. Yeah. Um, You know, then maybe, maybe that, uh, could have been. A thing in the off season, but uh, it's too late now. We have to go and move on. I still think that uh, they can turn it around. But your the offensive line and the defensive line have been the, the both the lines have been problems so far this year. Yeah, the defensive line. Now the thing with the D line is we haven't Injuries. seen it at full strength. Um, yeah. Week one, Ted Laurent was out. Week two, Dylan Wynn was out. So we haven't seen we haven't seen them be what they were two years ago. 
But still, I just I think that they've especially against the Riders. Like the Riders have a patchwork offensive line. They were starting guys in their first game. They're 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 so deep into their bench when it comes to offensive linemen that I thought that was going to be a real advantage for the Cats. And I mean, did they? How many did they even get? I think they did got, get a sack, maybe two. They got but, to the quarterback twice, but none of them were on the defensive line. I don't. Think. Oh, they're yeah, and uh, even so, it just it. I they, a couple times they got to Fajardo and they had him. I remember Eddie Wilson had him for a sack and he spun out of it and picked up like a first down. And it's like, again, Eddie Wilson's not supposed to be a guy that's that's starting on this team. He's supposed to be a backup, but you're thrust in there. They give you that spot for a reason. But the D line has just they've not produced any pressure. Garrett Davis has been all but invisible so far this season. Um, it's. You win in the trenches, and right now the Cats are getting exposed and beaten badly on both sides of the of the ball in in the trenches yep. with the big guys. Yeah, I think I think the you know the secondary and the, the linebackers have been doing a decent job because because right the defensive line just isn't getting to the quarterback. They aren't creating pressure. They aren't getting sacks. So it's tough for them to to cover guys when there's so much time for the quarterback to throw the ball. So I think they've done an all right job. Like you know, I know that this game kind of got out of hand, but you know, you felt like they were kind of in it for for most of it, and then it just kind of got away from them. But so far, not not so good, Josh. Not so no. good. Well, they turned the ball over six times in this game. And the Riders scored twenty one points off it. So twenty one of Saskatchewan's thirty points came because of Ty Cat's mistakes. Now the Riders capitalized on them and scored, and that's what you're supposed to do. But I mean, again, it, it, this is very rudimentary and basic. But subtract those twenty one points. If those Ty Cats don't turn the ball over. Well, now we're looking at a game that's in the scoreboard that's nine nine eight. That's you know that's a different ball game, like yeah. and it was a, it was the same like as they they lose by thirteen against Winnipeg, but until Mazzoli throws the interception, it's still kind of in that game as bad as they look. So like it it's we it's kind of all on the offense. Like the defense can only do so much. They're out there for so long. I I haven't been super impressed by the defense. Don't get me wrong, like. You you're getting beaten out there, and you're you're letting like especially Saskatchewan score thirty on you. But I don't really put a lot of this. I think I put more of this on the offense simply because they're the ones turning the ball over. They're the ones not scoring points. They're the ones I think that need to be to to really get better versus say the other side of the ball. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, fourteen points in two games, it's just not going to cut it. I'll, you know, one touchdown each game. Ugh, that's just terrible. They don't they don't even get a clo- they. The first time they were in the red zone was in the third quarter of the Saskatchewan game. Like, that was the first time they got into the red zone all season long. So, they're not even getting close enough to kick field goals. Like, uh, I think uh, Beverett or... Oh, Taylor Bergeron. Yeah, he had two field goals. I mean, he attempted a 55-yarder he attempted, and he didn't make that. And that was... That was it. I don't think he's had any other attempts that I can recall. No, he had, he had two in this game. One for 50, one for 55, missed them both. But here's the thing. Oh. The 55-yard attempt, that came – okay, so I, I can't – what was the score at halftime? I think it was, was – 17-8. Uh, to 17-8. So, Ticats go 2-0. and out. You're like, okay, well, this is getting out of hand. The Riders muffed the ball. They muffed the punt. Ticats recover. Okay, now is your chance. What happens on the next set of downs? First down, sack. Second down, sack. Now you're kicking a 55-yard field goal for a guy's very first professional field goal attempt. 55 mm-hmm. yards, that's different. Like, Larry Mahira who's back there, yeah, he's nailing it. Justin Medlock back there, yeah, he's nailing it. But this kid's his first attempt of a field goal. He's going for 55 yards. And he had the distance. He just missed it wide. But the thing is, you're not in that. They, they recover a fumble. That's the momentum changer you need. And what do they do? Give up a sack, give up a sack, miss a field goal. Like, that kind of encapsulates what this season's been so far for the teams. You give, like you said, that small glimmer of hope, and then they snuff it out just like that. Yeah, and I think that they know, like they, they did a lot of swing passes to the outside to Banks and other guys, you know, to counteract that pressure, mm-hmm. and and it worked on occasion. But uh, you know, it just they started to pick up on it, and then they had to go back to the regular stuff, and it just didn't didn't pan out. But uh, you know, it's it's been a tough two weeks to watch these Tiger Cats. After you know such high expectations, yeah, I, it, losing's one thing. Like I, I've watched enough pro sports. I cheer for enough teams that lose. That I'm losing doesn't bother me really all that much. Yeah. But, but they've been least, hard to watch. Hard yeah, to watch. They haven't been fun. Like no. 
at least if they were competitive and and lost, I I think that we have a different like right now they're just boring. They're boring and bad to watch, and that's kind of the worst combination for something that's supposed to give us some entertainment and an escape from our horrible, terrible, boring lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I will say that uh, you know a lot of teams have been pretty boring. I agree. Bad. It's been um, it's been a rough two first two weeks. I'm excited yeah. that it's back, but it hasn't been the greatest of football. No, uh, we can admit that. Like we watch the games, we know we're not going to be delusional about it. There has been some stinkers, um, and I guess that's what you get when you have a uh, a training camp with no preseason games and all that stuff. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully overall um, the play starts to pick up, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball is just light years ahead, it seems. Yeah, and they usually say the defense side of the offense to start the season, but this year it seems even more pronounced. But I will – I don't want to be totally negative, Mike. I do want to get some some positivity in here and, and kind of reasons for optimism, if you'll let me. This team still has a lot of talent on it. They're, they still look like they could be or should be a good football team. I think they have a good coaching staff that will get this figured out. Um, and – if this isn't an excuse, I'm not making an excuse. The Riders and Bombers get full credit for their victories. But this team has been injured. When you lose that many guys, once those guys start trickling back in, once the offense has Banks and Addison and Posey and Acklin on the field together, that's going to open things up. They haven't had Don Jackson play this year. They haven't had – well, they had Ted Laurent for one game didn't have and, and had Dylan Wynn for one game, but they haven't had – both of them out there. We still haven't seen Tunde Adelike out there. So there's still players that we haven't seen get on the field yet that we know can make impact plays. So I think at some point this season, they're going to get healthier and these guys are going to come back. And I think we'll see a much better football team. So I still think that there's reasons to be bullish about this team, even if the first two weeks kind of tell you you should probably pump the brakes on on thinking they're they're – Great Cup favorites because they have looked anything but. But I still think that there's reasons to believe this team can can get the job done at some point once once they get this. I, I do believe they'll get it figured out, and then kind of once these players come back healthy, you know. And they haven't yeah, played a home uh, game yet. Like they went into Winni- Winnipeg and Regina, probably two of the toughest places to play. And yeah, they I'd haven't say. played a team in the East, and they haven't played a home game yet. So it's like they still got twelve games left. Seven of them are going to be in Hamilton. All but one of them are going to be in the Eastern time zone. So there's, you know, people are saying, oh, I, you hear it on the broadcast. They're talking like, oh, it's a short season. And, two, you know, down 0-2 oh, oh in an 18-game season is different than 0-2 oh in a 14-game season. Yeah, that's true, obviously. Like, thanks for the thanks for the insight, Captain Obvious. But 0-2. Oh Mathematicians over here. Yeah, you're still, like, <laughs> these guys are far from out of it. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like, oh, they're. Like if they get to if, if we're in week six and they're one and five, then I'll start to worry. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I, like I, I still think you that just look these at some of these. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I still think they can turn it around. Yeah, and you just look at like all. I mean, we talked about the injuries, but I'm just going to list the one game injured list right now: Adela K, Brooks, Jake Burt, Wes Hills, Malik Irons, Don Jackson, Lorenzo Molden, Trevon Tate, Marcus Tucker, uh, Dylan Wynn, and then on the sixth game you got Addison and Posey. So that's a that's a long list of guys that uh, are starters and could make a big difference. So I, I completely forgot about Carriel Brooks. That's another yeah, that's another guy. I, a yeah. former Division All Star. Yep, hasn't played a game yep. this season. And that that makes a difference. I wish we knew something about these six game injured. Li- I mean the Posey and and yeah. Addison. Like, are, are they going to be gone for six games? Or are they just on there because they might be gone for like? three or something like it'd be nice to get an update on them because especially Addison I just, I just think Addison would make a huge difference back uh in this receiving card so um yeah well I mean we sucked two games we sucked but there's a lot of guys that are set to come back you got two weeks to rest up now and uh hopefully we see a lot of these guys especially on the one game injury list that come back very very soon yeah and, and the thing is they beat Montreal they beat Toronto they're two and two all of a sudden, they're right back in the thing. You know what I mean? Like, let, let, let's pump the brakes on, like, killing these guys right now. And and let's uh, let's just wait and see. There's still a lot of football left to play. Uh, but I, there's one other thing I want to talk about before we kind of move on. There's a pair of penalties in these, in these two games that just blew my mind with how bad they were. And I'm kind of curious as to, to your take on this. 
The penalty in the Winnipeg game with Brandon Banks for taunting, for throwing the ball at a Bombers player when he was very clearly tossing the ball back at the referee and the Bombers player just happened to walk into it. And even if you watch it, the, the guy from the Bombers even looks at him and looks like he says, like, nah, we're cool. Like, we, we, he mm-hmm. knew what it was about. Flag gets thrown. And Jovan Santos Knox in this last game getting tossed for abuse of an official. Like, am, am I crazy, Mike, or were these two just completely ludicrous penalties? Uh, I thought they were, um, especially the first one, you know. Yeah, I think the first one more than the second one. We, we can get into the right. second one in a second, um, why yeah. I think I can see why something could have happened there. But the first one was completely ludicrous. It was an accident. Um, both players knew it. The refs should have known. The refs even gathered after that. Or like They talked about something. I don't know what they talked about, but if they had any sense they would have put, you know, put it together that it was a complete accident and Banks didn't mean anything by it. and They should have picked up the flag. Um, but they didn't. Uh, then the second one was, uh, you know, there was a brouhaha going on and, and, you know, I don't think he deserved to get kicked out of the game. I think it was incidental. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought they got penalized harshly compared to what the riders got. Yeah. I will say this about, I, here's the reason is the only sort of explanation I can understand for the Santos Knox penalty is that it was extracurricular stuff after the play and he, and it's, he shouldn't be running over there. So it never should have occurred. But mm. the idea that he deliberately abused an official, like that's you, – you can watch the replay of it. You, they, they showed like the the view watching Santos not – he's running up to, to help his teammate, Frankie Williams, who's like four on one against the riders there. And he's he doesn't see the ref. And the ref's running and he's running and they run into each other. Like I – how often does that happen during the course of gameplay and you, you don't hear of – like you don't get a flag for that. It just – but the only reason I can kind of see why they would consider it is it was happening during sort of a, a melee that maybe, you know, sort of the third man in type scenario, like don't don't get involved. If he doesn't get involved, this doesn't happen. So I can see it. But it still, to me, felt there's no intent. And to me, intent, you kind of have to have that there on, on, a, on something especially like for this. An injection. Yeah, especially yeah, for especially an injection. For an injection, yeah. And you, like I could see him getting like a you know a normal penalty, but to be ejected from the game was was a little too harsh. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out when the league issues their fines of how what they think of it because uh, I mean we've seen how they how many times we've seen kind of a lot of official abuse in in recent years. I think it started with Will Hill um, when he was playing with the Ticats. I think what was that twenty seventeen? I think, and I'm pretty sure we came on here and said that that wasn't that, like. Uh, Jonathan Rose, though, I think is, is the big one when he two hand shoved the ref in the East final in 2018 against the Cats and he initially got suspended and then they were, they dropped it down to just a fine and trying to brush it under the rug. So, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with Santos Knox this week when they announce fines. But to me, it just, I don't know, the Banks one bothered me more than the Santos Knox one because the Banks one to me was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, use your good. friggin' head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was early on too, and it uh, kind of set us back a little bit. And yeah, they were, they were having a great drive story. going, and it was like, yep. ah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, again, we're not, I'm not making excuses here and saying that the rat, like these two penalties, cost. And not, I'm not making that claim whatsoever. But it's just yeah. these things, these little things that, that happen during games. It's like it kind of sucks the enjoyment of them because it's like, you know, I, like if everyone walking at home, and like if you went on Twitter after, especially after the Banks one, like I didn't see anyone saying. And, there, and Brandon Banks is not a beloved player outside of Hamilton. There are a lot of people that just like Brandon Banks. I never saw anyone out there saying like, oh, no, that was clearly what he was trying to do. And, and no, no, screw him. It was Everyone was like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Even Bombers fans yeah. were like, are you, are you serious? Like, give your head a shake. I know. The ref should have had more sense than that. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Are you ready to put these two ugly losses behind us and start talking about – I mean, I guess we're going to talk about some other ugly stuff when we talk. But are, are you? Are, have you cleansed your soul, or in my case, my no soul, from from these last two weeks? Are you, you good to get it out there? Yeah, a way to breathe, no breath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's, it's it's a it. I don't know. Just get all the ugliness yeah, out, and then we can move on. Put this all behind us. I, we can talk some ugly, some more ugly football, and it won't be as painful to yes, talk about. It's so not ours. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I thought because we did miss a week, it would be fun to kind of just go around the league and look at kind of all the teams and kind of what we think of what we've seen so far. Um, I figure we'll start out West and we'll start with the BC lions and they're one and one. Um, 
but their record and their play on the field is not really what everyone wants to talk about. It's this QB thing that they're doing. Obviously, we know that the CFL instituted these NFL, quote-unquote, NFL-style injury reports. And in week one, Michael Riley was he was limited in practice, but he was slotted in on the depth chart as a starter. And then when the Lions take the field for the first time, it's Nathan Rourke trotting out on the field as a starting quarterback for the Lions. And then Rick Campbell does an interview at halftime saying Mike Riley won't play and the Lions trot on the field to start the second half, and Mike Riley is taking the snaps on the offense. And then the following week, it's Nathan Rourke's the starter. Nathan Rourke's the starter. He's listed atop the depth chart, and Michael Riley starts the game and plays. I, I, they, they say that they're not doing this to be deceitful, and I, I kind of believe it, but what the hell is going on? Because at some point, this has to be discussed. This has to be figured out, because this... Like, this is just, this is just, this is, this is making a mockery of all these things the league is trying to introduce. And it's just, uh, above all else, freaking bizarre. What do you, what do you take from all, what do you think about this? I honestly don't know what to think about it. Like, it it makes, it makes the league look bad. Um, I know not everything's about betting, but this is what they're banking on, you know? Like, like, I don't know for sure, but. I assume that one of the big things why they they killed the XFL talk is because they thought they'd be making money from uh, this legalized betting in Canada. So they have to play ball with this, and I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think that they're being intentionally deceitful. I don't know if Rick Campbell. I don't think he's ever been like that. You know, playing these games like this. Um, maybe he's just confused. I mean, he he looks confused all the time. So maybe <laughs> he's, he's like. I don't know. I, are you just taking orders from Michael Riley? Like it seems, it almost seems like that because I don't know. He, he's like you said. He said that at halftime. Like, no, we're going to protect him. He's not ready to go. And then, then you know, 15 minutes later, when halftime's over, he's the starting quarterback because he said he could go in. Um, I think someone needs to be watching Michael Riley because he's a tough dude. He he will play when he's not supposed to play. You watch that first game. He was throwing ducks all game long. Oh. There's no way he should have been in there. Playing. You or I could have thrown he's, passes better than he did. Yeah, and he, but he was completing them somehow, but still, like, it just didn't look right. And, uh, yeah, I, I personally don't think they're being deceitful on purpose, but uh, someone needs, at the league office needs to sit him down and be like, listen, we can't be doing this. We have to, you know, if you list someone as a starter, then that should be the guy that starts. Yeah, and I, I, I saw a lot of people being like, this is what a game-time decision is, and it's like, yeah, but in the NFL, a game time decision, they have to announce an hour before the game mm. if the guy's gonna if the guy's gonna play. You and know what I mean? Look, it made TSN look stupid too because they're yep. talking about Mike Riley props like right before the game, and then oh Nathan Rourke starting. Yeah, um, didn't they have Riley's like video package playing before they started? The, like it was mm-hmm. all about Riley, and then it's like, well, hold on a yep. second, and, the and then they do the exact off- same opposite in the following game. Like that, that's. I think you, I would I would give it a like I was I killed it online uh, when it happened, but I think if it happened once, I think I okay I'll give it a pass. But then for it to happen a second time in the op, it's like what the hell is going? Like that's the thing I just don't understand what's going on. Like yeah. is this Riley mm-hmm. just saying I'm in charge and I get to do whatever the hell I want, or is is Rick Campbell like you said just confused because he always looks confused? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but. The PC Lions, I thought they've they've looked pretty decent considering. Um, you know, they they're I think they're one and one now. Um, they, they could easily be back. two and zero. Oh. They could be. Yeah. They they gave the the Riders jumped out to a big lead on them in week one, and they brought it back. They 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 could have won that game if they if they would have had a better first half. So, absolutely, what well, they were down like thirty one nothing or twenty eight nothing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty uh, valiant effort to uh, come back, and I thought even. Uh, you know, Nathan Rourke coming in late in the game, he had a nice pass and he had an, uh, to Whitehead. Uh, I think he had, an, he had another, he had two touchdown passes, I think, actually. The one to burn him as well, the dive and catch. So he looked pretty good. Um, the offensive line looks better for BC. I thought uh, Lucky Whitehead has been uh, a really good addition so far. I agree. He I agree. I'm surprised. Like, yeah. he's yeah. been a really good second option for beside Burnham. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't expect that. that. I, th- I thought he'd be okay, oh. but I didn't, th- I didn't think he'd be this good. Right, because he wasn't, 
he made a big splash early on with Winnipeg, and then after that, it seemed like he was just non-existent in that 2019 season. Which we see all the time, right? We see guys come in, and they have, like, one or two, like, massive games to start their career, and then they kind of tail off when you ever hear from them again. Yep, but I thought that he's been a really good addition. He's helped out the offense uh, with that speed of his. He's just lightning fast, so... Um, you know, I, I think the BC Lions are, 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 are looking pretty good right now, and I think they're going to be a good team. All right, let's move to Alberta, where where you live, and just south of you, there's got to be just as many tight buttholes as there are here in the Hammer where I am. Both the Stamps and the Elks are 0-2. Of these 0-2 starts, Mike, which one surprises you the most? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Elks, uh, because I picked them to be first... In the West, I think first or second, I, I can't remember. I but, think you had uh, him first. Yeah, I know you I had him so. in the Great Cup against the Ticats, which looks yeah. like an awful pick right now. Um, Although no. mine was Calgary and Hamilton, so mine looks terrible yeah. too. If Edmonton and Hamilton played for the Great Cup right now, that would be the ugliest Great <laughs> oh, Cup of all time. It, it might end but one nothing. It might because this Elks team is just bad, man. It, it's like, I mean, the Ticats look bad, the Elks look bad. But they have the same problem that they've had since Trevor Harris got there. They do pretty good between the 20s, and then they get in the red zone, and they can't score a touchdown. Um, you know, they saw it on the first drive of the game for them uh, on Saturday. They got right into the red zone, I think, inside the 10-yard line and couldn't punch it in. It's just and he nearly historic. threw a pick. Yeah. That's the thing, too. They turned the ball over in the red zone. Yeah. They're just not productive in the red zone. And, and that's going to – I don't know if that's a Trevor Harris thing. It seems like it. Um, wherever he's been, that's been kind of a problem. Um, but might be the offensive scheme as well. But it just seems like he he freezes up when he gets in between the tw- or uh, in the red zone. So you know, and the, and the defense hasn't looked good. Montreal put a whooping on them. Um, just overall disappointing um, for the Elks so far this year. They I, they have to they have a lot of things to turn around. What did you think about Armando Sewell's shots at Trevor Harris? Did you? I mean, it kind of proved prophetic, did it yeah. not? I mean, every time you put a microphone in front of Amando Sewell, he says something interesting, I think. And it doesn't happen very often, but I remember a couple of years ago they had uh, an interview with him at halftime. He said some some trash talk about someone. I can't remember who it was. But, um, yeah, he looked like he was right. I mean, he, the he, guy was on his team in 2019. He knows him pretty well, probably. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he got a rough in the passer call, too. But um, He did, and it called back a pick six. Yeah, so... Maybe he's right. I didn't really notice that if you hit uh, if you hit Harris, then he kind of you know falters. But uh, you know he might be right on that one. I mean, they look pretty good, I like and then the I, I I think he took a hit, and then all of a sudden he couldn't complete it. But like yeah. it 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 was oddly like Nostradamus like for Sewell yeah, there. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I I can't decide which of these two and zero and two starts. I almost said two. I keep I'm saying two and zero because I'm so used to Calgary being good. Um, which one? Because there, there's reasons why both surprise me. Calgary because they never lose at home, so to lose two straight weeks at home is shocking to me, especially with how bad. Now with Bo out, um, he's injured, likely to miss a few weeks. It kind of makes a little more sense why he's looked, but he's looked awful this year, especially that game against BC. What he for four interceptions? Just looked absolutely terrible. And Edmonton being zero two surprises me simply because their first game was against Ottawa, and. Ottawa had 94 yards of total offense and won the game. If not for Abdul Kane, what he had two interceptions, one that he scored for a touchdown. If not for those, the, like, Ottawa was. I, I know that they're one and zero, but they looked terrible in that game yeah. against Edmonton. So, like, there's reasons why I think both teams. I'm like. Calgary to lose two straight in McMahon, and now without Bo, they got a third game. Who do they play this week? I think they play. Is it? Oh, God. Who do they play this week? Yeah, because they. Oh, it's Montreal. They play Montreal. Okay, see, so that's playing, gonna be. They're playing the Owls, and the Owls look pretty damn good. They could. The Stamps zero three, really, and Edmonton goes into BC. BCs look pretty good. I don't know, man. For our for our West Great Cup picks, these look pretty bad, but. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it seems like things are going to get a little bit worse, especially with the injury to, to Bo. And Edmonton's offense should not be as bad as they are. I'm sorry. But with no. James Walter Jr., you know what? To his credit, has probably been the best player on that offense. He's looked really good in his yeah. first two weeks. Um, and you, okay. you pegged that one, so good for you, buddy. Um, I think he's looked better. This is the best I've seen him look since his rookie year in Toronto. And 
But they have Darrell Walker and Amani Edwards and Greg Allen. Greg Allen had one catch for one yard against uh, Montreal. Like that's that should never be allowed to happen. Like it, Jamie Elizondo, I, I, I said it on our season preview show. I said the reason I had them under BC was I felt like coaching. Elizondo being a first time head coach was there was going to be reasons that that you know they say rookies for every rookie you have it's a loss on your on your record. I think rookie head coaches can can add some losses too. The challenge that he made on the fumble that was so clear, like obviously you couldn't tell in the stands, but like watching at home is like no, that was very clearly recovered by Montreal. I don't know what the hell you're challenging. It's things like that that I think could is what's kind of holding. I, I think this is more because it can't be the talent on the field. They are too talented. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They have a good quarterback. They have good receivers. This offense, it has to be come down to play calling and scheming. There's no way this offense with these guys should be this bad. No, definitely not. I mean, you, you mentioned all the the bright spots, all all the all the stars, all the great offensive line. Uh, Trevor Harris has time. You know, it's <clears throat> it's amazing to me that Trevor Harris can be like so awesome. Like like I don't even want to bring it up, but that he's final um, against the Ticats a couple oh, of weeks ago. Oh, he like, passes, yeah. Yeah, just be like Joe Montana, like you know, and then and then you know the next game be horrible. It's uh, very inconsistent from him as well, especially behind that offensive line. He was, they're all monsters. They're all protecting. You see the way that they're uh, run blocking for James Wilder Jr. Maybe they should just hand off the ball to him like every time, but uh, it's been ugly. But the Calgary Stampeders are, uh, yeah, that's a big. I remember I picked them to miss the playoffs because they lost so much talent and they didn't bring in. Uh, many guys to replace them, and that's that's what they do. They just find guys that you never heard of. But I thought maybe this is the year that they fall off. And now, especially with the injury to, injury to Bo, um, and just the way that he's been performing, it's they look really ugly too, really bad. Yeah, that's the of, of all the the three zero and two teams. I, I like deciding which one looks best out of those three. It's mm. it's like choosing if you want to get kicked in the balls, the dick, or the face. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no good things. No good. Okay. There's not. There's nothing good to say about really any of the teams. To be quite honest with you, um, I'd probably take the face. But well, I mean, yeah, but that would hurt too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would suck too. Yeah, that would, that would also, none of them are good. No, none of them are good. Haven't been kicked in the balls in the dick. I don't think I've ever been. I mean, I have been kicked in the face, but not on purpose. But none of them feel good. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. Um, definitely. Okay, let's move a little bit more east. We'll go to Saskatchewan, and they're they're two and zero, oh, but I'm still not sold on these guys, and I don't know why. Is there is there something I'm missing about why they I, – I know two home games, so that's obviously played a role in this. And I think we'll kind of see a balancing out when, when these West teams have to – especially when they have to come East. I think we'll see the record sort of stabilize a little bit. But I, I don't think the Riders are a bad team, but I'm not sure if they're a good team either. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I think I think they're a pretty good team. I, you know, they the first game they put up 30-plus points. Um, this this game they put up 30 points. Um, you know their defense looked pretty good. Uh, Fajardo looks pretty good, even though you know I thought that he'd you know be on the decline this year. Uh, it is still early, early, but from what I've seen, I think they look like a pretty good team. All right, uh, I just yeah, there's nothing really stands out to maybe maybe they're just like a really solid all around team, and mm-hmm. that's why nothing really stands out with them. Like there 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 hasn't been like. They've used Kyron Moore, like they have Jordan Williams Lambert, like Shaq, Shaq Evans, but he got hurt against the Tie Cats. Like they have some weapons on that offense, William Powell in the backfield, but like I don't feel like they've been aside from that first half against BC, I don't think they've been super like they've scored thirty points in, in both their games, but I the offense to me just feels I don't know. There's just I feel like there's something Maybe because they don't have like that star player that you know what I mean like that maybe that that's my like star player bias that's coming into it and defensively they've been they, I mean you know you hold the Ticats to under ten points I mean this year that hasn't really proven to be all that difficult but I don't know I just I haven't maybe I just can't get a read on the Riders yet because like the first week they played BC and it was a really yo-yo game and then this week they played Hamilton who just looked bad and I don't know yeah. may, maybe we need to wait to see when they match up with Winnipeg. And mm-hmm. we can kind of talk about the Bombers now. Is it fair to say they're the best team in the CFL right now? I I guess you'd have to say that. Um, offensively, I'm not too impressed. Um, I mean, they've done enough to win. 
It's just their defense is just stellar. Yeah, I mean, just phenomenal. Their defensive line is killer. Um, Willie Jefferson's a freak. Uh, Jackson Jeff Coates, um, you know, up there with him, not quite as good, but really, really good. Uh, they've just been dominant defensively, and if if they ever if the offense really starts clicking, uh, yeah, they're they're going to be a, a big problem. Yeah, they haven't had Andrew Harris or Darvin Adams yet, and so I agree with you. The offense hasn't been. They haven't been really that good, to be quite honest. Caleros is doing some Caleros things, but, I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point in his career. But I think, without a doubt, that you got to give the – like, they're the defending champs, and they haven't lost, and they've looked pretty dominant in both their wins, even though they weren't exactly – they weren't blowout wins. They were they won them by double digits in both games. But I don't know. If, if they if they get healthy, too, they, they – I hate to say it. There's a possibility for a repeat here. And, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of it is, you know, dependent on Caleros' health. But he's running around back there, scrambling around like he's, you know, in his prime Doug Flutie. And uh, you just worry that he's he takes one wrong turn and gets laid out. And right. That's kind of the end of it. But, I mean, I'm going to enjoy the ride because I, I like watching the dude play. And I always liked him when he was here. And it's it's nice to see him performing at the highest level again. But, yeah, there's uh, – I just think by default they're kind of the best team, but I also think you mentioned defensively, like that that defense is is what do they allow six and seven points in in two games? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if, if you're if you're not allowing double digit points, you're going to win pretty much every game you play. So maybe maybe I should have picked the Bombers to finish fourteen and zero. But I am really excited to see the back to back, the Labor Day and, and Banjo Bowl game because I think that'll kind of separate. If if they if one of those teams sweeps them, then I think we start talking about them as as the definitive. De- the definite best team in the league. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I know I, I picked Winnipeg to fall off, and now I uh, I don't think they're going to because it reminds me of their uh, Swaggerville defense mm-hmm. that they had. Um, you know, the offense on that team was wasn't good, um, and they made it to the Grey Cup. So if they can play at that level, and then the offense starts picking up, uh, yeah, they could be the best in the West for sure. Ooh, I like how you because that Swaggerville was 2011. They got all the way to the Grey Cup, and then they lost to the team that hosted the Grey Cup. The BC Lions. So let's have that happen. Let's yeah, have. Nice. Hey, take that. wasn't that the year the Lions started zero five, went to the Grey Cup? Yeah. Oh my God! It it's, is it's, it's ten years later. It's all coming back. Yeah, it's destiny. Okay, but hopefully not with an zero five start. All right, no, let's move on to Toronto and beat Calgary. Look bad losing to the Bombers. Is this a seven and seven football team? Like, are we looking at the, the very definition of a team that's that's up and down? Like, are we going to see these guys look great one week and then look out because McLeod Bethel Thompson looked like the MOP in week one, and then yeah. he looked like a, a literal mop in week two. So, yeah. I mean, th- this team seems like they have a lot of talent there. I mean, they won in Calgary, which I didn't think w- would happen. So what do you think? You think this is a 500 team at best? Yeah, I could see, I, I could see that. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of uh, of the CFL. Oh, he looks great comparison. Amazing. Great comparison. Right? Everything like comes – like they even kind of look alike, right? Um but yeah, he looks phenomenal one game, and then he drops off the next. Um, I thought Nick Arbuckle looked okay when he came in Mick against Mick Magic. Winnipeg, you know how it's Fitz Magic? Magic? Sorry, I was listening to you. Mick Magic. Oh, right there Boom. You, go. <laughs> you know, if, but, we, if uh, we were doing an Argos uh, podcast, I would make a Mick Magic shirt for our website so we could wear it. But we're not, so screw them. You can do, you can do one, and then you get half the proceeds, give it to Argos fans. Or, yeah, there you or, go. So buy yeah. some season tickets with, with the proceeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirt. But yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It just it just came to me, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is perfect." <laughs> all good, all good, my friend. It uh, I don't know what to think of them, to be honest. I I, I just I just don't. Do it. So they look really good against Calgary, and then you know maybe you you chalk that up to playing the defending champs, and it's just hard to move the ball against that defense. So um, I could totally see them coming out in the next game. I'm not sure who they're playing next. They play Winnipeg uh, again. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> It could be trouble for them again, uh, but yeah, yeah, I could totally see them being you know eight and six or, or seven and seven and squeaking into the playoffs. Um, you mentioned you know McMagic. Oh man, that, we're gonna—that's what we're kind of calling from now on. Uh, who do you, do you go with him or Arbuckle now? Like, is it do you stick with him or do you go with with the guy that you brought in with all the fanfare and the young guy and the guy that you're hoping is your quarterback in the future? Yeah, you know, you don't want to go swap back and forth, I don't think. But I don't know, man. I think Nick Ar- Arbuckle came in. He had a lot of confidence. Um, you know, he couldn't pull out the victory against Winnipeg when he came in. But I, if I'm I'm the coach, God forbid, I would put in uh, Nick Arbuckle. 
Oh man, I'd love for you to be the coach and GM of the Argos. You could trade all their good players to uh, Ticats. Oh yeah, that's a good I mean, point. you get fired after like three weeks, but hey, yeah. by then the damage will have been done. Exactly, we can build <laughs> up our team. Exactly. Um, okay, you want to talk about the Red Blacks? Sure, I guess. Uh, it's only one game, and they're one and zero. So you know, kudos for that. Um, oh. I mean, they look just as bad as the two teams, the three teams that are winless, do they not? Yeah, they they did, and they were, they were playing one of those teams who just, you know, kept shooting themselves in the foot, uh, turnovers in the red zone. Uh, it, I mean, they look bad. Uh, 94 yards passing or something against Edmonton. Total Mid- yards, not passing, total, total yards. yards of offense. Their offense was just despicably bad, like just ugly, ugly, ugly offense. Um, I, I still think they're the worst team in the league. They snuck out a win. Good for them, but it's going to be ugly for them going forward, I think. Yeah, well, remember back in 2019, they started 2-0, and winning in Calgary to start the season right. and then finish the year 3-15. and So I could very easily see this team. Who, uh, I think they play the Riders this week, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, they're going to lose that game. Um yeah. I could easily see this team finishing two and twelve. Like I said at the beginning of the year, they had, they had the possibility of going zero and fourteen, one and thirteen, two two and twelve. You you cannot be bad that that bad offensively in the CFL and win more than one or two games. You you just like they should thank their lucky stars that they got the one win, but they are they are not good. There's still like wins cover up a lot of stuff, but. 94 yards of total offense like yeah that is Yeesh. i don't even know i like I, I i didn't even think that was possible to win a game with that little that little offense. no i don't even know who the offensive players are on that team to be honest with you like i don't even know the receivers matt nichols um, is the quarterback know Matt, but... and that's about it that's about all i can say because sinopoli's gone ellingson's mm-hmm. obviously got like dominic rhymes is gone yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's gone. I think there's an R.J. Harris. I think as a receiver. Yeah, like I don't know anyone. Like they again, full credit for the win, but ugh, ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah, absolutely. Terrible. Um. All right. Last stop is Montreal, who looked pretty damn good uh, in their first game. So Montreal and Ottawa are the two teams that have had to buy so far. Is it too early to get on the uh, Vernon Adams Jr. most outstanding player train? Because I think uh, if he keeps playing like he did against – and his numbers weren't fantastic, but he he made a bunch of scintillating plays, including a, a, a catch by Jake Wanicky that could go down as catch of the year. The mm-hmm. the fingertip catch that was – what was it yeah. like seeing that in the stands? Like that, like that was just yeah, it was, beautiful. It was at the uh, – you know, I was at the in the end zone, so it was at the opposite side, so it was a little far away. But, okay, uh, so yeah, obviously – Very impressive. Like Ooh. he dove, he – he, he hit the ground and then he got up right away. He scored the touchdown. Very impressive play. That guy, um, that guy's a star in the making for sure. But yeah, Vernon Adams looked looked really good. Uh, the the whole team looked really good. Um, so they are going to be a contender in the East, I think. Yeah, I kind of worry that they could. Uh, they might be able to unseat our Ticats, Mike. The, with yeah, how they I mean, look, they, and they, and that's who that's who we played in two weeks' time. That's uh that's going to be a good test. And that was their first game too. Like, yeah. You know, first game in almost two years, and they looked sharp. So their offense looked sharp, which is like, you know, I don't know. Not many teams' offense has has looked that good. So um, they're ahead of the curve, it seems, right now. Yeah, and I mean, you, we, we, the defense only gave up, what, 15 points? But uh, it's hard yes. to judge playing, playing Edmonton's offense, which just, like you said, when we're talking about that, and just one, one of those foot. touchdowns was in garbage time, too, yeah. as well. They finally punched it in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I think Montreal might be, you know, I we I think we predicted going into the season that they'd be number 2, but uh it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how how the Ticats perform against this team in their next game cuz that's going to be a big one. If the Ticats lose that game 0 and 3, uh like you said earlier, then we're going to might have to start panicking. Yeah, there'll be some alarm bells ringing for sure if they if they they had, if they lose badly a third straight week coming out of a bye, then I think there's there's conversations right. that we need to be had about what's what's really wrong with this if, team. If they score under ten points again, um, the, there's uh, yeah, they're, they're head, there's head head should roll. 
I mean, I'm not yeah. saying guys will get fired or cut or anything, yeah. like that, but there's there's going to be some soul searching. Uh, I mean, for my yeah, sake, absolutely. lack of soul searching uh, that we'll do on the show in uh, two weeks' time talking about that because that's um, that can just not be allowed it's, to happen. Uh, it's in Montreal too, right? Yeah, it is in Montreal, yeah, which is a yeah. tough place to play. So, uh, but I mean, I, if if we come, if, if even if they, like, yeah, okay, you don't want to go down to zero and three, but if they lose this game like. 31-27, and the offense looks, but they just lose because they're on the road. Like, cause right. you're not supposed to like teams at home, especially good teams are supposed to win at home. Um, then I think we come back, and yeah, we'll be like, oh man, zero and three, that sucks. But okay, at least they look like a competent football team. And now we get into the meat of the schedule, where they play seven of their last eleven at home. And if they can win those, and then steal a couple on the road, you're looking at a nine-win team. You know what I mean? Like, again, it'll all depend. We're we're prognosticating ahead of time here. Thinking, we'll, but we'll have to wait till that game's played before I really make any sort of grand proclamations there. But what do you? Is there anything else like around the league that you've seen that you want to talk about, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we kind of discussed yeah. the teams, but there's obviously like broadcasts and like league stuff. Like, is there anything else you kind of want to you want to touch on before we well, I call it a day? The uh, I was watching the TSN pregame shows and and they're doing uh, you know segments on certain players. You know about I saw one about. Um, so one about Brian Burnham, how he's an astronomer, and there's another one about uh, I forget who it was, uh, his hobby or whatever. It's like th- those pieces are cool and they can be done um, here and there. May like we were talking about before the show, maybe you know featured on online on the Twitter account or whatever. But I want to know these guys' football stories. I want to know where Brian Burnham went to high school. You know where he played high school football, who he, who he went to college. You know with and you know who what we modeled kind this of game after. What's that? Who we modeled his game? Who were the guys? Who were the guys that he looked yeah. up to? And Let's yeah, they're not going to be Canadian football. players, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you want to talk about football? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I want to know their football stories. I don't want to know if you know Jalen Acklin bakes cakes on the weekend. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a crap. Like I'm sorry, I just I just don't. I want to know. This is a football show. We should talk about their football lives, kind of thing. You know, let. Let's get to know these guys' careers better, and, and you know their high school and their colleges and all that stuff. So that's just one thing that I'd like to see more of. Don't you feel like those those kind of, and I don't mean to be sound derisive when I say this, those like puff pieces are more for like the you know six hour Grey Cup pregame shows yeah. that they do. Like I feel like they they have a half an hour to cover this stuff. I feel like it should be a little more centric on the, that game, and maybe you do some player profiles. But like you said, you kind of touch on like the player's career, or like especially with Brian Burnham, like let's go over all this, talk to him about all his catches. What what do you, like he's had so many amazing catches. Do a do a piece on that. Like the, the amazing catches of Brian Burnham and like watch yeah. kind of let him watch those catches and kind of get, break it down like how he can do these things because the guys had more amazing catches than maybe any other player that I can remember. Yeah, let the let the viewers know that they should be excited to watch this guy play football. Yes, that's perfect. Not a, yeah, not if he eats jello on the weekend, like come on. <laughs> or nits while <laughs> while watching the bachelorette. Right. Yeah. No, that's what it was. It was Bo Bo living with some curler guy. That's what it was. Oh, it was like, right, 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 right. They started a podcast. Whatever. Or something. Eh, it's okay, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about Bo. Now he went to, you know, Texas high school football and, you know, his his career in college and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's just one thing I'd like to them to improve on, you know? You know what else I'd like to – so here's my kind of gripe. And I, I always hate ending on, like, negative stuff. The focus on gambling. I understand that this is going to be a thing going forward, and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm pro gambling. I'm whatever vice you have. If if you do it responsibly, I really don't care. If you're a grown adult, do whatever the hell you want. Quite frankly, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, have fun. But it was during I think, yeah, it was. It was during the Edmonton Montreal game where all they kept talking about was if the game would hit the over. So Davis Sanchez said on the pregame show he guaranteed. The game would hit the over. The game did not hit the over. But that's all they seem to talk about for almost the entire second half of the game. Glenn Suter must have brought it up a half a dozen times. Rod Smith talked about it, but it felt like it was more because Suter kept bringing it up. And it just, a couple of times here or there, I get. But for it to be kind of the main focus of your commentary, it just felt like overkill and made me not want to gamble. Like it made me go like I don't like I don't care, like you want you want them to focus on football during the pregame show and I agree with that. Can you focus on football during the actual game? I I I don't need to know that they're two and a half points away from hitting the over. Like 
or or that they're you know at, in the middle of the third quarter with the total over under for the game is like we got twenty five minutes left to play in this game. Like there's still plenty of time for a lot of things to happen. Like just I it, it just feels so unnatural and. I get that this is going to be something that we're going to have to deal with, but you have to be able to do it in a a much more elegant way. This felt like you know a bull in a china shop trying to bang this home. I just yep. it, it it detracted, I think, from the game. I think it distracts people during the game, and it kind of turned me off. Like this was on the pantheon of, of booth stuff. This is obviously not as high up on the list as, as the Keith Urban thing from the Grey Cup, but. Man, this was just as annoying in the sense of like, can you can you? Like people always talk about Rod Black. Oh, Rod Black said the same seven things. You're in a game. Good God, if he gets his hand on this gambling stuff, and that's all he's going to talk about, it's going to be unwatchable. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I was at the game, so I didn't necessarily hear mm. all the talk, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. I mean, um, it was too much. They just, yeah, they they don't need to talk about it every you know ten minutes or or whatever it was. Uh, you know, talk about it during the pregame. Let us know the lines. That's cool, but you don't have to, you know, beat us over the head with it constantly. Let's just focus on the football game, and the 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 points will come, and if it's over, under, whatever. But yeah, you don't have to talk about it so much. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, it you 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 watch the Ticats game. Did you did can you think remember at any point them talking about the spreads or the props or the over? Like, I don't remember them saying it at all. And yet, the other game, it was one, constant. There was one time I remember. Yeah. They have fo- it was in the crowd, and they were focused on some guy with a Kermit frog oh, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, he's stressing the over or something like that. But but other than that, that was like the only time that I heard anything about it. Yeah, so like, I think there's a way to do it. I mean, you talk. I think you're right. You talk about it in the pregame. Maybe you talk about it in the postgame. You do a little gambling segment in, in any of the postgame stuff, and you do like a five-minute like, okay, here's, here's what the odds were, and here's what hit. You know what I mean? So – there, there's a way to do it, I think, elegantly, and just this, like, hitting you over the head with it. It's like, just beat me in the face with a bat at this point. I, I'm just I, After one game, I was just tired of it. Like, it was just, it, it, it took away from the game, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah they, need to, they need to shorten that up, uh, not talk about it so much, because I'm pretty sure, like, when the NFL starts and, you know, there's legalized gambling in the States... Um, I'm not sure if it's in the whole, all of the states, but there's some states that are legalized gambling. They don't beat you over the head with it. You know, I know they're going to talk about it more. Uh, they've talked about it more recently, but yeah, it's not, it's not quite as much as what they did, um, you know, early on in these games for these CFL games. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Or are you ready to go home? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's about it for, for this week, Josh boy. All right. Uh, before we go, though, we do have something we have to talk about, and that is a little contest we're going to be running this year. Um, thanks to the good people at Tarps Apparel, we have got a plethora of Hamilton Tiger Cats t-shirts of Earl the Pearl Winfield, Angelo Mosca, and Paul Osbaldiston sitting right beside me. Uh, they reached out to us on, on Twitter, asked us if we were interested. They used to they did a rebrand of their stuff. Um, and when they first came out, they did a bunch of CFL player t-shirts and they reached out to us and said, Hey, we just got them sitting in a basement. Um, we'd like them to go to a good home. Uh, we said we'd take them. Uh, you and I obviously took uh, some shirts for ourselves. Mike, I will be sending your shirts out to you very shortly. Um, (laughs) and we decided we were going to come up with some fun ways to kind of give these out to some listeners to the show. So, Stay tuned to the social channels uh, uh, to, at be on Twitter and uh, probably on Instagram as well. And uh, we will be asking some, I guess, questions about the show is kind of what we've come up with, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. You got to listen, baby. You, you got to listen. listen. You got to listen. You got to listen to the end to, uh, to, to find these are, out. These are some nice. These are some nice shirts. They are. They're, they're very nice. We yeah. have them in, in multiple sizes. Uh, most of them are either large or double XL. So I apologize if you don't fit into either of those sizes, but that's, we got what was left over. We took every single Hamilton tiger cat, uh, player mm-hmm. shirt that they had left. Um, there's about, I think I did an inventory of them last night. There's about after, uh, you and I took, took some for ourselves, obviously, uh, there's 35 to 38 left, I think. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing some fun giveaways throughout the year. Uh, we're going to do some, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it'll be something different every week, but it's uh, kind of our way of saying thank you to our to our loyal fans, our loyal listeners, and uh, 
I mean, the vast majority of them are going to be Ticats fans anyway, so you're going to get either Angela Mosca, uh, Paulus Baldison, or Earl of Pearl Winfield shirt. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's just it's, it's fun to kind of do, do stuff like this. And, it, you know, the season hasn't gone as, we, as we've wanted, so everyone could use a, a nice free T-shirt to kind of buoy their spirits, no? Yeah, absolutely. You can't go wrong with those three legends. So, you know, no matter what T-shirt you get, you'll be happy. No, absolutely. Like the greatest kicker in team history, my all-time favorite player, and maybe mm-hmm. the one player most simultaneously known for being a Tiger Cat, Angela Mosca. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's some pretty cool stuff. Absolutely, I can't wait to uh, make some fans happy. Yeah, me too. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to our Twitter and our Instagram, both at Podskiwiwi, and we will be doing some fun giveaways throughout the season. I will do them until uh, we got no shirts left to give, and then. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll set the bar too high, and we'll have to figure out something else to do. But uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, especially the first person that wins one, and I get to either hand it to them or send it to them, and they, you know they'll probably tag us in a in a Twitter post or whatever. And I don't know. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be kind of cool. Do we have 30 different listeners though? Is there 30? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, there. <laughs> is there enough <laughs> listeners to give away all these shirts, John? Absolutely. Absolutely. I <laughs> Absolutely, mean, maybe. Yeah. maybe no, uh, we'll see. Maybe some people get multiple. Yeah. <laughs> hey. It's it's yeah. all, it's all about who's going to be able to to enter. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll be doing the first one probably sometime. I would imagine this week. Mike and I will get together and figure out what we're going to do, and then uh, we'll we'll do a random. Maybe we'll do the drawing on the show or something next week at the top mm-hmm. of next week's show because uh, we don't have a tie cats game to talk about. Uh, right. They're on a bye week, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna need some some stuff to to fill the airwaves with. So maybe uh, maybe next week we'll do our first draw live. Live on the air. Well, I mean, it'll be live for you and so, I, Mike. But uh, yes. for the listeners, it'll it will it'll be delayed. But maybe we can do something fun there. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. It's all it's all new to us. We we'll we'll figure it out as we go along. We're gonna have some fun with it. I hope you guys out there listening, gals out there listening, will have some fun with it too. And uh, yeah, let's give away some shirts, Mike. Absolutely. All right, that uh, was Pods TV for this week. I'm Josh Smith. Uh, Mike Graham, eat them raw and win a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else to say. I'll let I'll let that go. <laughs>